0: If 2021 was the summer of honesty as Aaron Rodgers was airing the grievances and Brian Utikins was being straightforward about the position that the Packers had with Aaron Rodgers with Devontae Adams, then 2023 is the summer of competition with roster spots and playing time up for grabs and plenty of players who could go and grab those spots. We heard from the Green Bay Packers coaching staff this week to get a little insight on where those spots were and who is competing for them. All of that on today's show. Caught by Watson. You are locked on Packers. He's got great speed. Your daily Green Bay Packers podcast. Christian Watson down the sideline. Locked on podcast now. And he will score. team every day. And the show for fans who know what happened, they want to know why and how. Thanks to everyone who makes Locked On Packers their first listen every day. We hope you like starting your day with us as much as we like starting our day with you. Thanks to everyone who reached out over the past couple of days. Um, we, uh, My wife, we I didn't do really anything of note. My wife had our second child. Um, we are back at home, resting comfortably, um, healthy, happy, all those good things. So thanks to everyone, um, who reached out over the last couple of days. And if you didn't notice, that's cause I taped some interviews ahead of time and put together some shows and made sure we still had content here because there is plenty to talk about. We are going to continue to have content, uh, through the next couple of weeks, months until we get back to training camp. And then we're, you know, right back in the thick of all of it. And that's the fun part. That's where we get to start today because we heard from the coaching staff this week and we get some insight on where they feel really confident. I love, this is just a little aside. I love to hear a coach when Joe Barry says, expectations should be high. This is the Green Bay Packers, expectations should be high. I go, Hell yes. This is not, we need to temper expectations. No, no. Expectations should be high. Joe Barry was saying, I know the talent on this roster. I know there are eight first round picks in this defense. And so if they're not good, it is bad. And that, you know, may seem like a false choice. It's not. If they're not good, It is bad for the Packers. It is bad for Joe Barry. Probably is going to cost Joe Barry his job. And Joe Barry seems to have a pretty keen understanding of that. I love it when a coach says, nope, the expectations are up here. Ben Sermons did the same thing with A.J. Dillon and basically said, look, I didn't think he was aggressive enough for parts of last season to start last season. Go back and and watch him. I I was noting this in real time. You know, he doesn't look like the same guy maybe got a little too big in terms of like his, not out of shape that guy's never out of shape but maybe got a little too big little too, you know bulked a little too much the gains with a z maybe 3 z's a little too much didn't have the same sort of explosiveness and then can't work out as my quite as much quite as hard during the season when you're recovering and all those important things maybe lost a couple pounds Of muscle, right? Like if this were just Mr. Universe, like AJ Dillon would still probably be the Packers, the the guy that that the Packers would send. But he was more explosive. And interestingly, Ben Sermon said, no, no, it's, it's about decisiveness. It's about aggressiveness. He didn't feel like Dillon was as aggressive as he needed to be getting downhill. For whatever you want to say about, you know, using a second round pick on AJ Dillon, and I have had thoughts for that, in a long, you know, for a long time. He was a really good player last year. He was a really important player for the Packers in 2021 and, and was much better in 2021 than in 2022. Even though the numbers are not that different, he was much better in 21. All the advanced numbers um, agree with that. And just look at the explosive plays. Way more in 2021 than in 2022. Now, Still a really good player, still a really important player in this offense, and is going to play a vital role offensively. This is a team that has a lot of opportunities for players to step forward, and I'm I'm not talking about guys that they expect to be in the depth chart, like Jordan Love. Obviously, this is a big season for Jordan Love to step forward, right? But he's not competing with anyone for that job this is Jordan Love's job to win a quarterback that's not quite the same at these pass catching positions at the right side of the offensive line these coaches are telling us this stuff is not settled now the 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 most settled stuff I think is that right, right wow is at wide receiver. <laughs> guys, this is not a lot of sleep. Um, not not enough water. Um, not real beds for the last couple of days in the hospital. We know Christian Watson, Romeo Dobbs are going to be the guys that are on the field a lot. And, and I thought it was really important that, you know, we heard from Jason Vrabel. And he pointed out, yeah, I, I get it. Christian Watson and Romeo Dobbs are second-year players, but they've been on the field more than some second, third, fourth-year guys who are considered quote-unquote veterans just because they've been in the league. But these guys played a ton of snaps. That's the more important thing. The reps are what matter. Packers drafted Jaden Reed, top 50 pick. You're going to go, okay, well, he's your slot. Except... Every time anyone gets in front of a microphone within the Packers organization and they have the chance to even like tangentially bring up Samori Toure, they do it. Vrabel pointed out that he's gained 8 to 10 pounds of muscle that he looks rocked up. He was already a guy who could make plays after the catch, already had the speed to get vertical. We saw that in the preseason. We saw that at in just like glimpses and flashes last year. This is going to be a dogfight for wide receiver three, wide receiver four, wide receiver five. Like It is Reed. It is Toure. It is Wicks. It is DuBose. It is Melton. All of these guys are going to get the opportunity to compete. And that is the wonderful thing that Matt LaFleur brings to this team and I think is the perfect thing that this team needs Right now in this moment. And that is a coach who says. We don't care about your status. We don't care about veteranness. We don't. The best person is going to play. And we saw that last year. In week 18. Against the Detroit Lions. At home in a divisional game. Where you are trying to win and get into the playoffs. The Packers benched Yash Nyman benched him, said, Zach Tom, we think you give us a better chance to win. Those kinds of moves are critical. And you hear from Adam Stanovich, who is now the OC, but is the former offensive line coach. You hear from Luke Butkus, who is now the offensive line coach. And they say, basically, from center to right tackle, all these spots are up for grabs. And that means, Zach Tom, we're going to figure out how to get you on the field. Yash Naiman, we're going to figure out how to get you on the field. Sean Ryan going to compete at guard and center. Zach Tom going to compete at guard, tackle, and center. And that that is interesting to me because Luke Butkus mentioned not being worried about the struggles Josh Myers had last year and said, you know, look, he was really a rookie, only played seven games, his actual rookie season. That rookie class is looking, it's looking tough. Amari Rogers already out the door. Josh Myers already getting potentially played off the field. And Eric Stokes, like it became obvious last season, the two best boundary corners on this team, Jair Alexander and Russell Douglas. Now, Russell Douglas has played at a high level for a long time. He was a a total mismatch in the slot, just didn't have the sort of short area quickness. I I had made the case in the preseason, look, you know, if they're going to play a lot of these zone looks, these quarters coverages from the slot, like he's going to be able to use his instincts. And he just didn't look comfortable there, didn't look decisive there. This was something that, you know, you heard um, the coaching staff talk about with Darnell Savage, and we're going to talk about the defense in a second, but That decisiveness is so important. So, if you're not uncomfortable with the struggles that Josh Myard had, but Sean Ryan, who's a top 100 pick, he's going to get some reps at center. And Zach Tom, who by the end of the season was your preferred starter at right tackle, he's going to get some reps at center. And John Runyon Jr., who you know, he he was your right guard starter last year, but apparently that spot is just up for grabs. I think you can look at this and go, well, it's unsettled and that's not great. And that, you know, to a certain degree, that's true. I still think the most likely outcome for this is Josh Myers plays center. John Runyon Jr. plays right guard and then one of Zach Tom and Yash Diamond play right tackle. But, but... I certainly can see the wisdom of saying, you know, Josh Myers is just not not one of our best five. It might be the case that Josh Myers is not one of the best five. If it is close enough that you have someone you feel more comfortable with than Josh Nyman, Josh Nyman's a solid football player. Josh Nyman last year was better than Josh Myers. Like, we didn't even have to debate it, really. He was better. And got benched. So if you had someone else to bring in. You could do that same thing to Josh Myers. Then the question becomes about. Positional value. If Zach Tom is your best right tackle. Do you really want him playing center? Well how big is the difference between what he's giving you. At right tackle and what Josh Lyman is giving you a tackle. How big is the difference in what Josh Myers is giving you versus what is Zach Thomas is giving you. Well, we don't know because we haven't seen it. And that's the thing. That is why competition is great. Because you give your team a chance to prove it. And that's what they need. You know, like Josiah DeGuarra. He's got to see this draft and go, come on. Like, come on, I was a top 100 pick, the quarterback didn't like me, I did everything you asked of me, and yet you guys go out, top 50 pick, you know, Luke Musgrave at 42, Tucker Craft, why, come on, let me win this job. And then you hear the coaching staff, someone like John Dunn, the coaching staff, rave about the leader Josiah Deguara has become. Adam Stenevich talking about Deguara and the leaders in that room, David Bakhtiari, Kenny Clark. Well, if he was a guy that Matt Lafleur really liked early on and he's become a leader on this team, could he get the Mercedes Lewis treatment? Could he be on the field over these rookies because? He is a beloved figure in the locker room because he knows the playbook. You know, there are a million reasons why he might get on the field, even though these other players are bigger, faster, more explosive after the catch, all those things. You look at Jordan Love's career. He has found Josiah DeGuara. It is really interesting. Like, they ran that play-action slide play against Kansas City multiple times with Josiah DeGuara Against the Lions in week 18, they run a tight end screen that DeGuara houses. And I, I said it at the time. He was the only player on the team in 2021, the only tight end, who would have made that play. Now that's not true anymore. I think both Luke Musgrave, certainly Musgrave with his top end speed, Could have made a play like that. But I think Jordan Love being the quarterback opens up more opportunities for a player like that. But guess what? They got to go take it. They got to go take it. Jaden Reed, top, you know, second round pick. Okay, cool. The team really likes Samori Toure. O'Elm's been on the team. You got to beat out Dontavian Wicks. You got to beat out Grant Dubose. The fact that this is all open for them, that there is no, and I mentioned this a couple of weeks ago, every day will so, remember, there is no Geronimo Allison to beat out. There is no Randall Cobb sitting there waiting to take snaps from you. This is going to be a true meritocracy. The best players will get on the field. And that's a good thing for the Green Bay Packers. All right, today's episode brought to you by our friends at Bilt Bar. I mentioned this last week. I brought Bilt Bars to the hospital for my wife giving birth to our child. I, I can't think of a better endorsement for a product than that. And by the way, I ate them. I didn't just bring them, I ate them. I ate all of them. I brought too many because I wanted to make sure I didn't run out. Right? You don't want to want one and not have one. I brought like five. But I did eat them because I wanted something delicious. And I felt good eating them because they hit the macros that I'm looking for. I wanted something that was going to fill me up that was high in protein. Even though, you know, the last couple of days, not been able to be on my workout grind from the hospital. 17 grams of protein, which is 130 calories and four grams of sugar. No matter where I am or what I'm doing, that is a good thing for my body. And not just that. They also taste really good. 100% real dark chocolate covered in every single bar. Cookies and cream. Mm, Cookies and cream. Peanut butter, salted caramel, peanut butter brownie, churro. All these, there and that's like, what did I say, four flavors? There's got to be 20 plus. There is a flavor of Built Bar or Built Puff out there for you. So go to built.com and get them for yourself or, or go to Walmart, go to Sam's Club. Walk in, you're doing shopping, grab a box, walk out, eat them on the way home if you want, or eat them when you get home or even later, it doesn't matter. Just eat them at some point. Because they're delicious and they're good for you. And, and you can thank me later. And thanks to everyone who makes Locked on Packers their first listen every day. Everydayers, next week on the show, Gary Ellerson joins us um, to talk about the Packers offseason. We have Miren Fader coming on the show next week to talk about her conversation with Devontae Adams, who had a lot to prove and a lot to say about what he had to prove. When it comes to stepping out of Aaron Rodgers' shadow. I know neither of those players are currently on the team. But I always think it's weird when people are like, focus on the guys who are on the team. Because um, Devontae Adams is one of the best players in the league. And the Packers drafted him. Packers fans have a lot of memories of that guy. Aaron Rodgers, do I even have to mention? Why it might be relevant that he's a topic? Like, come on. So we're going to keep talking about all this stuff. That's coming up next week on Locked on Packers. So defensively, um, the defensive line, you got competition. There's two spots open. Now, there's not really, right? They're going to be in nickel 70% of the time. And maybe more, they drafted Quay Walker to just like live in nickel. They're going to be in base very, very infrequently now I think with a team like Minnesota they're going to live in 11 personnel they drafted Jordan Addison in the first round they telegraphed that they're going to live in 11 I don't know if you're Chicago why you traded for DJ Moore and Chase Claypool if you're also not going to live in 11 even if I don't think that's the best personnel for Justin Fields to be in all the time but um, I don't know if there is a best personnel for Justin Fields at this point as a thrower And Jared Goff and the Lions, you know, they don't don't have high-end, tight-end talent. So they're probably going to live in 11 as well. Maybe 21, multiple running backs that they want to play on the field at once. It's going to be a lot of nickel in Green Bay. One defensive line spot. That's going to be Devontae Wyatt. So the question is, who's that third guy? Is it TJ Slayton? And then if it's Slayton, where does Kenny Clark play? Who's going to be the five tech? Well, it could be Lucas Van Ness. because. We heard from the Packers coaching staff that he's going to play inside, he's going to play outside, he's going to play a little bit of everywhere, just like friend of the show Eddie McGilvra was on here a couple of weeks ago talking about. It's important that he get every opportunity because there's so much that he can bring to a defense. But then you know, Kobe Wooden, Carl Brooks, what kind of opportunities are they going to get in this defense on the edge? Look, we know who the day one starters are going to be in there. The Packers feel really good about that group. Not a lot up for grabs there at corner. Not a lot up for grabs there either. Jair Alexander, Russell Douglas, Keyshawn Nixon. That's your three. And then when Eric Stokes get back, we'll, we'll see. That's going to be the really interesting thing. Where does Eric Stokes play when he gets back to full health? What if he's back in, you know week one? doesn't seem like that's going to be the case. Joe Barry talking about the seriousness of the injury that it was just great to see him back in the building walking around like that's not that's not exactly what you want to hear. Like that's not the greatest thing to hear a coach say. But this cornerback room is really good. And then at safety, yes. It's not ideal that we don't know who the other safety is going to be. And and there's not even really an obvious choice, right? They go out and they signed Jonathan Owens, who started for the Texans last year, but really the only year he's ever done that. You bring in Tarverius Moore, kind of a similar situation where he played a lot, but it was because of injury. You have Rudy Ford back in the mix. And then a lot of question marks. Like I, It, it is a weird situation for the Packers to be in, but guess what? That's what the competition is for, to paraphrase Don Draper. That's why you compete. Now, does that mean the Packers, you know, at these spots are all going to be really good? Like, I think at offensive line, yes. Find the best five. That's going to be really important for your team. The receiver thing, like, that's just going to change. That's going to be a game plan thing. That's going to be a matchup thing. Like, they've given themselves a lot of different opportunities to play a lot of different kinds of ways. And I think in a lot of A lot of cases, that's going to be true on defense as well. Defensive fronts. In a week where you have to rush the passer a little bit more, I think it makes sense for Devontae Wyatt to play a little bit more. In in a week that it makes a little bit more sense, you want to be gap sound, you want to take up a blocker and a half or a gap and a half, maybe you want to play TJ Slayton a little bit more when you want to penetrate a little bit more, Kobe wouldn't. There you go. When you want to get all of your hosses on the field, you're going to play a spread team that they're going to try and, you know, throw it 50 times a game on you. There's not that many teams like that out there, but maybe against a team like the Chiefs you want all you want all those guys out there. All your outside linebackers out there. That makes sense to me. They've given themselves that opportunity to be flexible. We're going to learn pretty early on what the preferences were for this team, where they wanted to be. And what's going to decide it is what happens the next few months in OTAs, in mini camps, in training camp, in preseason. Preseason is going to actually matter. Guys are actually going to play. And I think that's a good thing. We'll talk about that as it gets closer about the the, the risk of injury and all that stuff. But I think it's a good thing that some of these young guys are going to play. And I'm really interested to see how they handle it. So all of that, um, is, is going to be stuff that we don't, we don't get to find out until June, July, August and see when they actually have the opportunity. Because Matt LaFleur said all the right things, right, last preseason. Oh, guys are going to play, guys are going to play, guys are going to play. And then guess what? Guys didn't play. It was just sort of like, then why did you spend so much time telling us they were going to play? That seems weird. Seems weird. Thanks to everyone who makes Locked On Packers their first listen every day. We hope you like starting your day with us as much as we like starting our day with you next week. Um, Rookie Orientation Series. Hopefully that presses on. Gary Ellerson is going to join the show. Mirren Fader is going to join the show. A lot of great interviews coming up. Um, This is a, a Packers team that, you know, there are a lot of question marks right now. And could Adrian Amos come back? It didn't seem like he's going to come back. Could Mason Crosby come back? You know, they say never, say never, but probably never. What is Jordan Love? What can Christian Watson do as wide receiver one in this offense? How much can these rookies provide? Can Jaden Reed play inside versus outside? Who's the best five on the offensive line? There's a lot of questions. Now, I think the Packers have some good answers. And we have some good evidence talk about what those answers are, but... We can't, like, we can't act like there aren't a lot of questions because there are. All right, we're going to talk to you next week. Follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter, Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook, subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, so you'll find Locked on Packers. And anytime you want to come hang out with us, when we go live on YouTube, you can do that on our Locked on Packers YouTube page so you can stay Locked on Packers.